Dinger Discussions Podcast, your go-to podcast for all things Major League Baseball. My name is Matthew Guir. Today is Wednesday, March 8th, and I thank you for joining me today. Uh, today is going to be a continuation of the Division Preview miniseries. It's going to be the fifth one. We're almost there, and then we can move on to something else. It's been a bit monotonous reading out five lineups, five bullpens, five rotations per episode and talking about them. But, I mean, I think it's still a good way to familiarize um, yourself with the, you know, the lineups and see what each team is working with heading into the season. So, as I said, division previews, today is the AL Central. And why don't we just jump right into it? So, last year, the first place team in the American League Central was the Cleveland Guardians excuse me as I move my notes, they went 92-70 and 70 last year, um, surprising everybody, um, severely, I wouldn't necessarily say overperformed because there's still a heck of a lot of talented players on that team, um, but they definitely, you know, overplayed expectations, um, so yeah, they went 92-70, and 70, um, and we're going to go through their lineup real quick, so this is all, according to Fangraphs, if you're a Guardians fan or just a baseball fan and you're like, that's not what the lineup's going to look like, blame Fangraphs because I'm reading it straight off the webpage. Webpage, am I 80? Okay, sorry. Um, okay, so the lineup. Leading off, playing left field, Stephen Kwan. Uh, batting second and playing short, Ahmed Rosario. Playing third and batting third, Jose Ramirez. The DH and batting cleanup, Josh Bell. Playing first and batting fifth, Josh Naylor. Uh, batting six, playing second base, Andres Jimenez. Batting seventh and playing right, Oscar Gonzalez. Newly acquired catcher, batting eighth, Mike Zanino. And in center, batting ninth, Miles Straw. The bench, non-roster invitee, backup catcher, Cam Gallagher. But watch out for Bo Naylor. We'll, we'll get there. Um, infielder, Gabriel Arias. Arias, I apologize for mispronouncing that. I know I did. Um, Util man Tyler Freeman and fourth outfielder Will Brennan. The rotation Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill, Aaron Savali, and Zach Plesac. Um, the bullpen Emmanuel Classe, James Karinchak, uh, Trevor Steffen, Nick Sandlin, Eniel De Los Santos, former Philly, Eli Morgan, Tim Heron, and Cody Morris. So, the Guardians, as I said, uh, definitely overplayed. Um, everybody's expectations um, last year, and they're going to look to then, you know, kind of solidify that, you know, that wasn't a fluke. This is what we can do in the AL Central. Uh, they had some new additions, Josh Bell and Mike Zanino, respectively. Uh, Josh Bell got a two-year, $33 million contract, and Zanino got a one-year, $6 million. Um, they lost Austin Hedges, so that's where Zanino comes in, provides... Um, some defense behind the plate, not to the extent of Hedges, but still decent. Um, and, you know, he'll pop out home runs. Fangraphs has him projected for 19 of those. Um, and then really the signing I like, um, I don't, if you, last uh, episode we did the AL East, and I talked about Chris Bassett going to the Blue Jays as my uh, most underrated, I guess you call it, signing, where you'll look back and be like, damn, that that was a really nice move by them. I have Josh Bell being, like, the second most underrated. I believe that with all, you know, this lineup, a very young, 
uh, fast, contact-heavy lineup. They're going to get on base. They're going to do all the little things. Josh Bell, kind of a different player from that identity, but I think it's going to work out beautifully. Uh, he's going to, you know, he's going to DH. He's not going to have to play first base, which for them, probably a good thing. Um, and he's just going to thump, man. Like, he always hits. He, you know, he's going to strike out. He's going to take his walks. Like, he just, I don't know. He does everything. Uh, not that strikeout's a good thing, but, I mean, he's going to hit home runs projected for... 19 of those I wouldn't be surprised if that was even higher with a you know 419 slug that might even be closer to like a 425 430 something like that um hitting right behind Jose Ramirez that's another thing give him protection I didn't even write that down that's just kind of coming to my head at the moment um what else do we have here uh Jose Ramirez obviously uh perennial MVP candidate um, so, you know, like, I don't have to tell you to watch out for Jose Ramirez. I feel like that's obvious. Uh, only 30 years old. That's, man, he's been in the league for eight years. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Wow. Uh, projected 30 homers, 266, 350, 500 slug. That's just, it's what he's going to do. He is, I mean, I don't know, third base is a loaded position. So he, he's top three third baseman in the league, but that's still saying a lot with Machado and Arenado and Bregman and Austin Riley and all them. Um, he absolutely stacks up, and he's the heart and soul of that team, obviously. And, I you know, he's going to do it again because he always does. You know, what's new? Um, uh, let's see, moving on. I have does Andres Jimenez follow up his last year? Um, as well as Steven Kwan. They both had really great years. I thought Jimenez, that was his rookie year. It wasn't. I looked that up. But it was Kwan's rookie year. So does Kwan hit that sophomore slump that, I don't know if it exists, but it's certainly a cliche term that you hear all the time. So why not mention it, right? Um, but he was just crazy last year. I mean, the the... The ability to just make contact with pretty much everything. I mean, what, uh, 298 last year, 373 on base. He's not going to slug for you, but, I mean, he's going to hit the ball. He's going to be really, really good defensively in the outfield as well. So that's, I mean, if even if he isn't making contact with the ball as much, he's still going to play a really nice corner for you. I mean, they have him slated for left. I don't know. I admittedly did not watch a lot of Cleveland baseball last year besides like the playoffs so I don't know if he moved around at all if he was primarily stuck in left field so um yeah and then Andres Jimenez um went absolutely nuclear last year makes that Francisco Lindor trade a lot easier to swallow I would say um he let's see pulling up B ref, uh, yeah, 297, 371, 466, and 837 OPS coming from your second baseman. That's that's legit. 26 doubles, 17 homers, even three triples in there. So, I mean, if he can replicate even, like, I don't know, like 70% of that, that's still really good, especially compared to, uh, <laughs> compared to the second base position, what you're going to get offensively. And then defensively, he's gold glove candidate, I would, didn't he win it? I feel stupid. I'm on B-Ref. You could literally see. Yes, he did win it. He's six in the MVP voting and was also an all-star. So, yeah. I mean, a, he put up a 7.4 lore last year. I'm just looking at that. That's insane. Okay. I didn't, wow. I, 
Sorry, Andres. I didn't know your game was like that. Okay. Wow. Good for him. Um, yeah, anything else here? Uh, I have a Bo Naylor call up. Watch that. That's going to be cool. He, he'll get the call eventually. I definitely... Like, He's going to have to get hurt, or Mike Zanino is going to have to turn into Mike Piazza for him not to get that call. Um, so you're going to see that. With, that's fun with Josh and Bo on the same team. Um, and then the rotation with uh, Cleveland. I mean, that was kind of their MO, was Cleveland not necessarily sure about the offense, but they will pitch. You don't have to worry about that. You have a rotation of Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Quantrill, Savali, Plesak. Uh, Bieber and McKenzie at the top of that is really solid. Shane Bieber, a really good pitcher, regressed a little bit since his Cy Young year, um, but he's definitely trending back upwards, I would say. And then Tristan McKenzie's just been on an upwards trajectory since he's debuted back in 2019, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. Uh, McKenzie, 2020 was his first year. I apologize. He what eight games 2020 yeah it seems about right last year though he pitched he had 31 starts 191 innings pitched that's almost 200 innings that's really good uh he struck out 190 so that's about what about nine 8.9 strikeouts per nine era plus of 129 so he has been really good for them you know what you're getting with Shane Bieber uh Quantrill and Savali obviously not aces but still underrated good pitchers who you know, they're going to play. And Plesak, um is kind of the question mark, I would say. Probably not going to be fantastic, but still he's your five starter. And you have Bieber and McKenzie and Quantrill, so you don't necessarily need him to be spectacular. So, um, And then also, I mean, I'm not going to highlight the bullpen for most teams, but um, for, for Cle- I almost said the Indians. Oh, my God. For Cleveland, um, I will just because Klasse and Karinczak coming out of that bullpen, that's a, that's a deadly like one two, especially Emmanuel Classe throwing a hundred two mile an hour cutters, just insane. I don't know how anyone hits it at all. Um, yeah, so that is going to wrap up the Cleveland Guardians, and coming up next, the Minnesota Twins. And we are back with the Minnesota Twins, who last year went seventy eight and eighty four, massively disappointing year for them. Um, as well as another team we're going to get to in this division, just overall. Um, and their struggles were kind of, you know, I mean, the Guardians still won 92 games, but, I mean, I would say the Minnesota Twins struggles, absolutely a reason that the Guardians were able to succeed so much last year. Um, and I suspect that, nope, not suspect, that's not the right word, I expect that the Twins will definitely rebounds and play a lot better this year so 78 and 84 last year and let's get into their lineup so playing center field and leading off byron buxton uh playing second and nope batting second and playing short carlos correa batting third at second base jorge polanco uh the right fielder and uh batting cleanup max kepler uh batting fifth and playing third jose miranda uh, batting six, playing left, Joey Gallo. Batting seventh, playing first, Alex Kirilov. Batting eighth and c- doing the catching, uh, Christian Vasquez. And the nine-hole hitter, the DH, Nick Gordon. Uh, your bench, backup catcher, Ryan Jeffers. Uh, infielders, Kyle Farmer and Donovan Solano. And fourth outfielder, Michael A. Taylor. Your rotation, Pablo Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Tyler Molly, and Kenta Maeda. 
Uh, your bullpen, Jorge Lopez, Joan Duran, Griffin Jacks, Caleb, oh boy, Tealbar, I believe, Emilio Pagan, Jorge Alcala, Giovanni Moran, and Dennis Santana. That's the Twins. So, talking points. Correa Saga, obviously, first signing with the Giants for, what was it, like $350 million. Insane. Um, gets left at the altar. They're like, ah, what's up with your ankle, bud? Um, so, they leave him on red, basically. And it's like, nope, we don't, we don't, we're not messing with that. So then, Steve Cohen... Um, I mean, I'm sure you know this if you're listening to me, right? Steve Cohen swoops in. He's like, hey, Correa, you want to come to New York, play third base? I'll give you $300 million. He says, of course I do. Uh, play next to Puerto Rico te- Team Puerto Rico teammate Francisco Lindor as a Phillies fan. That made me really, really, really scared. Um, but thankfully for me, um, unfortunately for Carlos Correa and Mets fans, it did not happen as the Mets reportedly used the same exact doctor that the Giants did to examine Correa's ankle and his medicals and things like that. So what did you think was going to happen? He got the same result, said, nah, your ankle's messed up. So that fell through as well. In come the Twins. He's like, okay, fine, I guess I'll go back. And his contract with them, kind of interesting. So surface level, six years, $200 million. However, it... There's a bunch of vesting options where it could go through 2032, um, and like each year is picked, like each it's kind of like options are picked up with think different uh, thresholds and plate appearances. Um, if he gets top five MVPs, if he gets like um, you know like ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, like that kind of thing, then the options are then picked up. It's kind of a way of the Twins to be like, hey, we want you here, and we think you're going to play well, but and you're going to be on the field mainly, but just in case you're not, we're kind of you know giving ourselves a bit of an insurance policy. So actually kind of smart by the Twins. It sucks that they were, they were like his third choice, so you know that can't feel great, but still, he's on your team for at minimum the next six years, which... That, that's a big uptick, I'd say, because if you lose him, I mean, yikes. Things don't look great in in, uh, in Minnesota. Um, yeah, so you have one MVP, perennial MVP candidate in Carlos Correa. We're going to move on to their other one in Byron Buxton, who all-world center fielder defensively has all the pop in the world, really kind of like a, dare I say, like an Andrew Jones-type player. Um, not going to hit for contact, but all the power in the world, all the speed in the world, defensive instincts, all that, right? It's just he doesn't stay on the field. It really sucks. Um, you know, like, I don't feel one way or another about the Twins. They're in the AL Central. I'm an NL East guy, so I don't really, you know. But, at the like, you know, you want to see good players on the field just for the sake of Major League Baseball as a whole. So, I mean, in 2022, he had 92 games. 2021, he played 61 games. He played 39 out of the 60 games um, in the shortened season, so I mean, I don't know. Could you equate that? I mean, that's that's two-thirds of the year, but then again, who knows what it would have been if there was another 100 games added on top of that 60, you know? And then in 2019, he played 87 games, um, so it's really, he's really good. It's just made of glass, and it sucks to watch. Um, 
you know, I really, you know, hoping, fingers crossed, healthy Byron Buxton because if he's at the top of that lineup, followed by a Carlos Correa, um, and then, you know, you have guys like Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, who are going to be decent, not amazing, but still good. I mean, it's an offense that I think can work, as well as uh, newly acquired Joey Gallo. Really, what is he going to be? Um, Fangraphs has him projected for 25 homers, which is good, but then also hitting a buck 91. So, honestly, kind of tend to agree with that, just based on what he's done in the past uh, couple years. Uh, Yankees was just, that was that was really bad. That was kind of sad to watch. Went to the Dodgers, played a little bit better, but still not great. So, he's really not going to be an average guy. Um, he's going to get his walks. I mean, projected 321 on base, which isn't, fantastic but considering they have him projected 191 uh batting average i mean he you know he's, he's still going to take his walks but he's also going to strike out a ton um and then when he hits the ball it's going to hit it really hard um this doesn't really have anything to do with their season but i thought it was funny i'm not sure you probably did um see the um the shift that i believe it was the red sox played on him in the um in that spring training game so that was kind of funny to watch they you know, all two players on each side of second base with feet on the dirt. That's the rule. But then you can do whatever you want with your outfield. So they pulled the right fielder in um, to kind of play where that second baseman would play if they were shifted, like back in the, you know, like way backed up in the grass. Um, and then they shifted the center fielder over to like right center. And then the left fielder was in like center. So the entire like gap in left field was just wide open if you just bloop one over the third baseman's head or like in that hole you have an easy triple especially I mean Gallo's not you know doesn't have the speed of Buxton but I mean he could still move uh, so that's definitely a three bagger if he's able to get there so yes that is Joey Gallo uh they also brought in Christian Vasquez uh they lost Gary Sanchez well I don't know if loss is the right word Gary Sanchez is no longer on the team he's yet to sign with anybody actually which playing on Team Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic, so maybe he'll play well and someone will jump at him. But, um, yeah, they brought in Vasquez. You know you're going to get with Vasquez, 250 average, um, maybe like 8 to 10 homers and good defense. You know, they're not looking to there, – there's there's a minute uh, amount of, of, like, good hitting catchers. So, it, you know, I mean, most teams take the approach of – don't mess up behind the plate defensively, and then we'll take what we can get, um, in, you know, like offensively. So uh, a couple more points on the Twins. Uh, going to their rotation, they traded for Pablo Lopez. Initially, their rotation was kind of the problem. It's still not fantastic, but Pablo Lopez at the top definitely makes it look a lot better, at least on paper, because um, now you go Lopez, Gray, Ryan, so in like a playoff series, I'm a lot. I feel a lot better about that than I would as Sonny Gray as your ace, and then go to Joe Ryan, and then Tyler Molly, or even Joe Ryan as your ace, which I don't believe. But he's still only 26, so who knows? Um, they got him from the Marlins, obviously. But going back to the Marlins was Luis Arise, um, which kind of leaves a bit of a hole on this team in terms. You know, like you're never gonna replicate what Arise gave you so it kind of like you know he was all contact guy led the league in um batting average last year I don't know like that table setter not necessarily sure who's gonna step in 
um, and fill that void, they're kind of, or if they're just going to completely switch their their offensive approach in general, right? Like, which, I mean, that that's even more important of Buxton staying on the field now. I mean, if he could be a table setter, that, that would be fantastic. But then again, he's not much of an average guy. Um, so I guess that doesn't really make sense. But still, you want him on the field, which I was already talking about. So kind of just my point there. They got Lopez, which is great. Uh, see what kind of impact not having Luis Arise makes. Um, and then another one, uh, Royce Lewis um, appearance. They have his ETA as 2023. Um, admittedly, don't watch a lot of AL Central ball. Don't know what he looks like too much, but I thought I'd mention it just because he's probably going to be there at some point playing on the big league team. So, yeah, that's the Minnesota Twins. And when we come back, it's going to be the Chicago White Sox. And we're back with the projected third-place team, um, the Chicago White Sox. And I just realized that I didn't give any of my projections for the Twins or the Guardians. Silly me. So I guess what we're gonna do. Oops. What we're gonna do is at the end I'll kind of give my 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 record prediction. Um, damn it! I can't believe I did that. All right, it's not a big deal. Um, so yeah, the Chicago White Sox last year went 81 and 81. Um, if you follow baseball at all, you know Tony Larusa was at the head of that team for when did he get let go i honestly don't remember it was most of the year um yeah and it just whether it was his fault or not there just wasn't much effort it looked like they they kind of looked like they were playing at like 70 percent versus like 90 um in the regular season and then games you really had to win you want to play at 100 and they're at like 75 i don't know it just didn't look great in terms of just an effort standpoint uh they they were bogged down by injuries and never really recovered from that i would say so they're gonna look to bounce back and this is the lineup that is gonna try and do that leading off and playing shortstop tim anderson he's on a tour with team usa and the wbc Uh, speaking of the wbc this the two-hole hitter and playing center luis robert uh, he is on Team Cuba, uh, playing, yep, he played, what, last night uh, against the Netherlands. I think he plays Chinese Taipei again tonight, so that's fun. Uh, batting third and playing left field, Andrew Benintendi. Uh, batting fourth and doing the DHing, Eloy Jimenez. Batting fifth and playing third, um, also on the Cuban team, Yoan Mancada. Uh, batting sixth and playing first base, Andrew, Andrew Vaughn. Batting 7th and doing the catching, Yasmani Grandal. Uh, batting 8th and in right field, Gavin Sheets. And rounding things out, batting ninth and playing 2nd, Elvis Andres. Andrus, excuse me. Uh, your bench, backup catcher, Sevi. Oh my god, Sebi Zavala. Uh, corner infielder, Jake Berger. Utilman, Lurie Garcia. And they have Victor Reyes as a 4th outfielder as a non-roster invitee. But if I had to guess, he's going to make it just... For defense alone, I would say. Um, and your starters, uh, Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Mike Clevenger, and Michael Kopech. Uh, the bullpen, Kendall Graveman, Aaron Bummer, Joe Kelly, Ronaldo Lopez, Jake Diekman, Jose Ruiz, Nick Avila, and Jimmy Lambert. So, talking points for the Chicago White Sox. 
one name you did not hear in that lineup who's been a staple in the White Sox lineup forever, uh, Jose Abreu, who went to the Houston Astros, replacing uh, Yuli Gurriel over there. And just, in general, not a great look to start the offseason. That was early, I believe. That was like couple weeks after the Worlds, he was one of the first the first to sign at you know into the offseason so not a great look for the White Sox he seemed to be such a steady presence always gonna hit veteran leadership been a professional since he was like 17 years old um you know I don't know where he's from but Latin America somewhere obviously he was professional there before coming over to the big leagues in 2020, AL MVP, all that, right? So they're missing that. Andrew Vaughn's going to have to step up and be that guy. He's not going to be that guy, but he's going to try and fill those shoes best of his ability. Um, they brought in Andrew Benintendi to play left. Five years, $75 million. Uh, Benny, last year with the Royals, had a really good um, first half of the year. Um, was an all-star played well enough that the Yankees uh, ended up trading for him, and he didn't really play much with the Yankees. He got hurt, um, and that was kind of a disappointment, but I don't know. That's not really on him, I wouldn't say, kind of dealing with an injury there. But, um, yeah, this offseason, White Sox bring him in. He's going to play a consistent left field. He's going to hit about 275, 280, going to hit, like, 15 homers, and... You know, like, it's it's Andrew Benatendi. He's not Barry Bonds, but, like, you know what you're getting. Uh, which I think for this lineup, especially... Oh, my God. Something just fell under my desk and it scared the crap out of me. Excuse me for... Oh, my God. Uh, wow. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, for this lineup, uh, like, he's not Barry Bonds, but it definitely helps to have that consistent bat. You know what you're getting day in and day out. Wow. That scared me so much. Um... Uh, yeah, brought in Tendi, loss of Abreu. Uh, Lucas Giolito in the rotation, uh, listed as their three starter, projected a 4.05 ERA. Uh, this is the contract year. Last year looked really bad, didn't look good at all. Don't really know what was going on. Previous to that, has looked really good. So I don't know. Are, is he gonna? Is he bad? Is he good? Is he somewhere in the middle? Who knows. Hopefully he balls out in a contract here and goes and gets paid, whether it's by Chicago or by some other team. Who knows? Um, but that's you know that's a, that's something to watch with them. And also uh, Mike Clevenger back with the team. Not really going to talk about the situation too much, but um, there was the domestic abuse and violent or whatever the official. I think it was domestic abuse um, accusations. The league looked into it. Didn't find anything, so he's back with the team and eligible to play. Um, not that that's really going to be a season-long storyline, probably. Um, but, yeah. Uh, anything else? And really, I have too much talent not to be good. You look at it, I mean, they're not the best team in the AL, but do you remember even, like, a couple years ago? Like, before last year, right, going into the 2022 season, Everybody was on the White Sox, like everyone. I think they really the stink now. It's just you don't want to to get on that train again until they prove it, which kind of sucks, but it's also kind of reasonable. 
when you look at that lineup, when they, especially when they had Abreu, but even now they don't. Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez sucks defensively, but like at the plate is really, really good. He's got like a career 850 OPS or something crazy. Uh, Yohan Mankata never panned out to what his ceiling was projected to be, but he's still a really good player. Ismani Grandal's had good, you know, has had uh, good seasons in the past. Andrew Vaughn is, you know, he's a power hitting first baseman. Elvis Andres, not the same player he once was, but, <clears throat> excuse me, not the same player he once was, but he can still hit a little. He hit in Oakland last year, which, if you hit any, if you hit in Oakland, I mean, that that's impressive in general, right? And then they brought in Benny. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't want to be too optimistic with it because look where that got us last year. But it's just they can't do that again, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking. So I'm not going to give my record projection because I screwed up the first two teams and we'll just now we'll just do everything at the end. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the White Sox, man. I don't know. I mean, you know, there's my analysis. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see, right? Um, yeah, so moving on from the White Sox, uh, after the break, we're going to go to the Kansas City Royals. And we're back talking about the Kansas City Royals, who last year went 65-97. and 97. Not great at all. Um, I think they're going to be better. I like there's a simple approach that they're taking, and we'll get to that, and I'm kind of with it. So um, you'll, you'll probably be able to pick it up <laughs> as I read this lineup, but we'll definitely talk about it. Uh, speaking of the lineup, we have leading off and playing shortstop super prospect now in his second year, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, batting second and doing the DHing, MJ Melendez, batting third and doing the catching, Salvador Perez, uh, in the cleanup spot, bat, uh, playing first base, Vinny Pasquantino, uh, batting fifth and playing third, Hunter Dozier, batting sixth and center field, Kyle Isbell, playing left field and batting seventh, Eddie Olivares, I believe I said that correctly, uh, batting eighth and playing second, Michael Massey, and rounding things out in uh, right field, Nate Eaton. Uh, the backup catcher, Freddie Furman, Nicky Lopez is your um, fifth infielder. I had to count how many infielders are on the field, oh my god. Uh, your util man, Samad Taylor. And non-riser invitee Franmil Reyes on the team here for a on the projected lineup here uh, as a fourth outfielder as well. You know he's probably going to. Eh, that doesn't matter. I was just they they probably would opt to DH him and put Melendez out in a corner before they they play Franmil in the in a corner. But regardless, uh, your rotation: Zach Ranky, Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, Ryan Yarbrough, and Brad Keller. And quickly, your bullpen, Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman, Aroldis Chapman, Taylor Clark, <clears throat> excuse me, Amir Garrett, Josh Stalmont, Josh Taylor, and Carlos Hernandez. So, yeah, a lot of young guys in this lineup, and that's my uh, that's my first like point here. Bobby Witt's 22, Melendez 24, Vinny's 25, I mean, that's not that young Michael Massey 25 and these are all guys that I think it's exciting to watch because we don't necessarily know what they're all gonna be like we have a decent idea especially with Bobby Witt highly highly regarded prospect Vinny Pascantino I think people have a general idea big contact guy uh, see if he can lift the ball a little bit more and start driving them out uh, MJ Melendez great hit tool not gonna be able to catch because Salvi's kind of blocking that but 
uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, just yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of cool to watch. They're they're just they're throwing all their chips and being like, we're not gonna win this year, so let's just see what we got, you know, like prospect wise and things like that. And I kind of I kind of like it. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be a Royals fan this year, partially because they're. Uh, they're um oh my god I can't think their uniforms are so nice they're bringing those baby blue uniforms back this year which that I, I'm a fan um yeah and just you know looking at at this um looking at this on fan graphs I mean Oliveris was the only one who wasn't originally signed by the Royals everybody else came up through their system which is really impressive um and that's why I kind of want that to be rewarded I think that would be cool um some other quick um things uh Zach Greinke is this the farewell tour probably going back to where it all started in Kansas City um yeah I mean hell of a career right he's 39 18 years in the bigs that's crazy good for him um Brady Singer is he gonna have that breakout breakout year last year he started it I don't necessarily know if it was a true breakout year, but he definitely, I mean, you could definitely see the upward projection, see if we get a bit of a preview of that, because he is in the rotation in the World Baseball Classic for Team USA, so kind of, you know, fingers crossed that, that he's able to pitch well there, that would be cool. Um, and another point I had, they signed Chapman for some reason, which, that's weird, I don't know, maybe they're hoping he's good this year so they could trade him to someone because it seems like teams trade for a role to Chapman around the deadline. I don't know. I'm not a fan. so But I thought I'd mention that because I was like, when I saw that he signed with them, I was like, the Royals? Really? So, yeah, that's that. Um, I don't know. Not much else. Um, Hunter Dozier, he's a good player. I don't know. <laughs> Just kind of looking here. Nothing really jumping out at me other than, and I kind of said all my points, there wasn't much there. It was just, yeah, they're letting the kids play, and they're not going to win a ton because the oldest player here is 32. I mean, it's Salvador Perez, and he's got experience, but, like, most of this team is under 25 years old or 26 years old. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not necessarily optimistic, but I am looking forward to watching them because I think they're going to be fun. Um, yeah, that's the, that was short and sweet. That's the, that's the Kansas City Royals. And when we come back, we're going to round out the AL Central preview with the Detroit Tigers. And we're back with the final team in the AL Central, the Detroit Tigers, who last year went 66 and 96. Um, not great. Didn't, you know, manage not to be last. So, I mean, that's fun, but not great. Okay. The lineup, batting first and playing center field, Riley Green. Batting second and playing third base, Wolfie, Nick Maton. Batting third and playing shortstop, Javier Baez. Batting fourth and playing right, Austin Meadows. Batting fifth and playing second, Jonathan Scope. Batting sixth and doing the DHing, Kerry Carpenter. Batting seventh and playing first, Spencer Torkelson. Batting eighth and playing left field, Akil Badu. Batting ninth, doing the catching, catching Jake Rogers. Um, your bench, uh, backup 
catcher Eric Haas, uh, Miggy Cabs, Miguel Cabrera still in the lineup. He is a million years old. He's actually he's gonna be forty. Oh my god. Um, infield outfield. So util guy Tyler Nevin and util guy Matt Veerling. Love you, Matt. Um, the rotation: Eduardo Rodriguez, Matthew Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, Matt Manning, and Spencer Turnbull. The bullpen, here's a bunch of names you don't know. Alex Lang, Lange, sorry, Jason Foley, Jose Cisnero, Will Vest, Tyler Alexander, Matt Whistler, Jason Streve, and Mason Englert. I think I said that correct. So, this will be short and sweet, just like the Royals was. Just a few points. Riley Green looks really good in spring training so far, so that's a fun storyline to just keep an eye on. Um, as well as Spencer Torkelson, uh, obviously, you know, they're two big first-round picks. Tork was a 1-1 pick in 2020, so definitely keep an eye on those guys and their progression. Um, not great last year, especially Torkelson struggled a lot. I mean, he's still only 23 years old. Green is only 22 years old. Excuse me, I need a drink. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, kind of like the... the the Royals, you know, letting those young, young young guys go out and get it, see what they have, um, and hope for the best. Uh, second year of Javier Baez on that contract, he signed. And I didn't know this because I was looking up the contract, um, just, you know, kind of looking for interesting things to talk about with them because there's not much with the Tigers, unfortunately. He actually has an op- a player opt-out after this season, which he's probably not going to take. But then again... Because, like, all that money's still guaranteed to him. But then again, like, I could see a scenario where either option A, he goes crazy and plays really well this year, which, I don't know, maybe it could happen. He's still Javi Baez, and he thinks he can get more money. Or B, he just really wants to get out of Detroit. So, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in Detroit. I mean, But then again, he signed the contract the first time, so... And you'd be leaving a lot of money on the table, money that was already guaranteed to you. So he's probably not going to do that unless he has an insane year. Uh, most likely the last year of Miguel Cabrera. He's got vesting options after this year. This is the last year where it's fully guaranteed. Don't know how all that's going to work out. I don't know. If, I mean, it was like 30 mil, so I highly doubt those options or vesting or whatever they were are going to be picked up. So this might be his last year and not much else. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, I don't know, he's looked good in spring training, he played the Phillies and looked really, really good, <clears throat> don't really know what else you're going to get, Tariq Skubal, he had surgery recently, I don't know if he's going to be, is he coming back, he had flexor tendon surgery in August, so I don't know what that means if he's coming back, um, Casey Mize had Tommy John in last June, so he's probably not going to be here for this year, so... Yeah, uh, tune in next year. I don't know, Tigers. We'll see. Um, yeah, not great. That's kind of depressing. If you're a Detroit fan, I'm sorry, but I kind of feel like you already have that sentiment already. So, yeah, that is that's gonna wrap up this division preview because I messed up and didn't give my projections as um. You know, as I was going through each team, we're going to do it now. So the Cleveland Guardians, who last year went 92-70, and 70, this year I have them regressing a little bit, but still winning the division with 
at 89 and 73. I have the Twins in second, who last year went 78 and 84. I have them going 88 and 72. Last year, the White Sox were 81 and 81. I have them going 86 and 76, so <clears throat> a slight uptick there. The Royals last year went 65 and 97. I have them getting better at 70 and 92. Still not a great team. They're young, but I think the talent's going to shine through. And then Detroit, 66 and 96 last year. I'm being optimistic. 69 and 93. They could very well be the worst team in the league. I mean, I know Washington and Oakland and are also options there, but Detroit, I don't know. Things could go bad quickly, and we'll see. But yeah, that is my AL Central Division Preview. Um, if you're all the way to the end, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to now shamelessly plug a couple things. Look, Go look at the Instagram. The TikTok, at Denger Discussions, eventually going to be getting stuff up on YouTube, including this podcast episode. So subscribe, like, if you're watching on the YouTube. I appreciate you. Share with a friend, regardless. Leave a rating, depending where you're listening. All that fun stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So, I have been Matthew Guir. This has been the Dinger Discussions Podcast. And I thank you for listening today. Peace.